With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Shaking Red Nation. It is Jeremy Renner with another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. And the Rockets once again fall... This time to the Minnesota Timberwolves, your final score, 104 to 96. And honestly, guys, this is, I hate to say it, it's, uh, we're, we're going backwards here. And I didn't even think that was possible, but the Rockets have gone backwards. And I don't know how to really move forward except for one solution. And I'm sure. Most of y'all can allude to that solution. I'll, of course, talk about it throughout the show. But first, let's get to this box score. Uh, the Rockets got uh, some strong contributions tonight from uh, Kevin Porter with 25 points. Alperen Shangun had a great first half, but struggled in the second half. 18 points, 8 rebounds for uh, Shangun. And you also got 12 on bench from K.J. Martin, who I guess probably the po- most positive piece 
of Rockets news today is that KJ Martin will be in the dunk contest this season. So at least the Rockets can win something. Um, and then you go to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, no cap tonight. Obviously, he's still dealing with his injury. But uh, 22 from D'Angelo Russell, 21 from Anthony Edwards. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 18 points, 11 rebounds for him. Also, extremely stout defense on Shangun in that second half. And then he also got 14 off the bench from Torian Prince as well. And yet, look, guys, I mean, we've we've kind of seen this before. Right. We've seen, you know, the Rockets, they get out to a big lead. They can't seem to hold it. Even tonight, up 20 in the middle of the second quarter, they scored 58 points at around the six minute mark. Um, and they only finished with 96. Um, so, uh, like, they only scored, they scored 60% of their points in the first 30% of the game. And ultimately, it's it's the same issue. You know, we saw the issue last week when Dallas was in town. Um, you know, we saw the issue just the other night. So it's this is like a re it, look, they're they're finding it's not like they're finding new ways to win every night. Although it does seem like it. They're losing very similar ways. You know, they they're they play well enough for a quarter or they play well enough for two quarters, uh, but they can't play well enough for four. Um, and teams that don't play well enough four quarters are going to get exposed. And look, it's – I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to say it – look, we've got a lot of uh, discourse in the comments right now. I'm really appreciative to those that are listening to us live on Spotify Live. Um, we've got uh, Tim. He says, I don't see any franchise player possibilities on the current roster. Role players, Sure. Um, and then we got uh, Sire Phyllis from uh, Sean Kane. And honestly, that's I'm leaning more towards the latter. Um, I can't – I cannot evaluate this team until Silas is fired. I really, I really can't. Um, and it's because we've gotten to a point to where – nothing that Silas has done – is leading me to believe that things will get better from this point. I really just don't see it because there was a point, you know, at least, you know, last season you can say, oh, well, it was the first year of that. But this year the Rockets should should be better than they were last year, and they're not. And that is the biggest indictment. And, look, I've been a major Silas supporter for the longest time, and I, I can't be anymore. I, I just – I can't because he has – proving the last couple of weeks that he is unable to implement any change to improve this team. They're doing the same things and they're getting the same results. And the same results are dead last in the league. And if you're trying to be dead last in the league, then Steven Silas is doing a very stand-up job. But I don't think the Rockets feel that way. And I know I said right around the time of his dad's passing uh, last month, um, and of course, still my condolences to uh, the Silas family. He hasn't been able to implement any change in the last couple of weeks. It's been the same old, same old. And there is no, like, there's no urgency. There's no, um, there's no ideas. There's no solutions to these problems that they have. And the, the solution is, oh, patience, patience, patience. And yes, look, 
patience is definitely needed in a rebuild, but also what is needed is progress. And all we are seeing at the moment is patience and no progress. We're seeing regression, if anything. And so you have to change a variable in order to make a change. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So we can let these guys grow up, these young guys that we have on the team, really talented guys, but that's the, it, there's got to be more than that. And so that's why I can't evaluate this group of guys until we see a coaching change. Because, and and look, I didn't think it was going to happen um, once, like a couple weeks ago. But I did hear reports, um, local reporter like John Granado at ESPN 97.5. Um, they were talking about how there is beginning to be rumblings of the team moving on from Silas. And look, whenever he does get fired, there will be an emergency pod, hopefully. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if I'm talking to y'all in less than 24 hours again, because I just think that at this point in time, the Rockets are about to go on a four game road trip out West two against the Kings, one against the Lakers and, or one against the Clippers on at least Saturday and the Lakers on Sunday. This is the first time they're going to have more than two days. They're going to have more than two days off. Their next game is Wednesday. So you you fire him Monday. You you give the team time to react to it. Tuesday, they know what they're doing. They've got a new game plan going into this road trip. And you see how they do on the road trip. And maybe there's some spark. There's some progress. And then you can kind of move into your season from there. But if there's like an exit strategy, like when is the time? I don't know if there's going to be any time that's like, it's not going to happen in the middle of a road trip. You know, they're at home now. There's, there's potential to do it now. I could see it happening today. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, you're looking at, you know, okay, well maybe at the all-star break, maybe at the trade deadline, something like that. I think you need to do it before the trade deadline because then you're kind of setting your strategy up for the post-trade deadline season. And think you can you have to make some kind of evaluation on your current roster that you have now. Because look, it, like something's obviously not right. It's either the players, it's the coaches, or it's both. The first person that's going to get the hook is the coach. Rightfully so, because there are... Players play, and the players are the ones that ultimately win the championship. Those are the people you need to build first. You're way more likely to see a great team with a bad coach than a great coach with a bad team that that does well. And the Rockets, that's the easiest fix, is, is you give Silas the pink slip and you move from there. It's way easier than scrapping all of the progress you've made with picks and drafting these guys and, and all of that. And look, the guys they drafted, yes, there's talented people. Tim's saying maybe there's some good role players in there. And that's very much not, – that's a very possible solution. But I'd like to see how this group operates with a different coach. And I'm not saying just any Rockets assistant. I'm thinking about a different coach with a totally different philosophy, one that's seen it from the outside and thinks, you know what? Hey, I actually have a plan for these guys. 
and someone that's proven as well as a head coach in this league. Um, I think that's what they need next um, is someone like that. And that is not John Lucas. It's not uh, Mahmoud Abdel Feda. It's not, you know, Lionel Hollins. It's none of them. Okay. This team needs a totally new perspective and they're not going to get that this season. They might get a slightly different perspective if you put John Lucas as the head coach or if you put Lionel Hollins as the head coach. But at least what you're doing is you're making some kind of change. And you're also looking at, you put a little bit more pressure on the players. The players, after they fire the coach, okay, there's no more pointing the finger at Silas. Now the finger gets pointed to us. Now we really got to show out. And they're going to have 30 something, 30 to 40 games to prove that. And if they can, then you're looking at, okay, well, maybe we don't need to go and get James Harden in the summer. Maybe we don't need to go and... Uh, build this team around the next guy. Maybe we can build a real winner around the guys that we have. Um, and, and look, they're going to get a really good pick next next summer, and that wherever that pick will be, they will 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 be able to use that pick and fall it into place, right? And I do think that it could be, you know, hey, maybe we need a different point guard. Maybe we need a different. Uh, center. Maybe we do need to reshuffle some things. Maybe we do need a veteran like Harden um, in in the mix. And so that's the thing, because next year, if you're this bad, there's no guarantee you're going to get that pick. So it, it's it's that much more important next season to not be doing what you're doing here. That, like, it can't, like, there's going to be some more urgency to do that, because at this point, this is year three of your rebuild. If you're if you're gonna t- like if you're not at that point next year, to where you you can lose on purpose for a fourth consecutive year, so that you can get that top four pick again, so that you don't have to owe Oklahoma City because eventually you're gonna have to owe Oklahoma City something, some pick, and you don't want to have it you know go on and on and on, right? You need to get that as out of the way as soon as possible, and it should be next year. It really should because there's no reason the Rockets should be in the bottom four next year. They're like if that's the case, then it's uh, everybody problem, and then you really gotta, you know, hit the eject button and really start over. Those are the teams like your Minnesotas, like your Sacramentos, that have been rebuilding for five ever, and that's not where the Rockets are at this moment. But if the players don't work, if the coach doesn't work, if the front office doesn't work, that's how those types of rebuilds happen. Rockets aren't there yet. And I think given the talent on the team and given how much more talent could be coming in, I really don't think the Rockets are going to end up like that. But you have to keep in mind that you need to focus on each variable one at a time. And right now, the one that we need to focus on is the coaching. Coaching needs to change. And in order to, and in order to evaluate the front office, in order to evaluate the players – like that, like every rebuild is different. Like some rebuilds, it's the front office that gets to look first. It's the players that get to look first. I feel like in this specific scenario, the Rockets have to look at Steven Silas as the one to blame the most. And then you go from there. It, it goes, for me, it goes Silas. Then it goes um, the players. And then it goes Stone. Look, and, and I'm not saying that Stone is. Um, has been great or doesn't deserve any criticism. But at this point, it's kind of up in the air because he has drafted some really strong talent 
and he has made moves that I think have put the Rockets in this position. Now, granted, if he had made different moves, would he have been, you know, would this team be in a better place? Who knows? There's a very good possibility that that is the case. But at the same time, those ideas, like we won't know how good that Rafael Stone trade was to trade James Harden to the Nets until all of these picks convey. And then, and and look, it may not even be Rafael Stone that's the one making those picks because he might not be here in time to make those picks. But I do think out of everyone, he probably has the safest job. And it's because his timeline is a lot longer than anyone else's. I feel like with with guy like Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, those guys also have really long timelines. Shangun also in there. But look, I think also you look at how Rafael Stone has kind of done this rebuild, right? And he's made shrewd moves, getting guys like Kevin Porter, get, signing Jay Sean Tate, you know, doing that. And there, there is some merit to those. I know that the team hasn't won, but also at the same time, we haven't seen Kevin Porter, Jay Sean Tate, any of these guys without Steven Silas. So I'd like to see if there is a someone different than Silas, how are these players going to respond? Is it going to be, oh, well, you know, hey, maybe maybe they were onto something. Or maybe it's like, oh, maybe Silas wasn't the problem. Maybe it actually was these players. To me, I think what, from what we've seen so far, at least from what I've seen, I think there is potential for these players to thrive with a new leadership, with a new coach. Because, and I do think, look, there's still some players on this team that – that aren't going to be here the next time they're good. There still are some pieces to this puzzle. The coach is probably the biggest one, I'd say. And then maybe a different ball handler, different point guard. Um, I'd like to see where Shengun goes. Um, obviously, it's a big offseason for Shengun. It's a big offseason for uh, Kevin Porter. It's a big offseason for a lot of those guys and their futures in Houston. Um, but I think that Rafael Stone has done enough the the signing of Kevin Porter with out of nowhere, signing Jay Sean Tate out of nowhere, drafting Jalen Green, probably one of the best scorers in the class. Shengun was a great get at 16 when they got him. Obviously, he's missed on a couple, but hey, he's had so many swings that you're bound to miss a couple of them. The best hitter of all time, Ted Williams, only hit 40, 407 a season. That means he's missing on 60%. Of his things. And look, Rafael Stone doesn't need to hit on every single move that he's made, but he's got to hit on about 40 to 60%, I'd say. Like major, major hits. Getting your guys at the top of the draft, getting your guys at, um, you know, getting your cornerstones. And at this point, look, the Rockets are going to have every opportunity, especially with this draft in particular, to get a guy that is a cornerstone. And after that, no excuses. No excuses because they they have no more they have no more wiggle room. They have no more room for error after the year, and they they're just gonna have to go through it. But none of that can be figured out until they chop off the dead weight, and that is Stephen Silas. And I, I just I I feel it. I don't know. Like the last time they fired a coach in the middle of the season was in 2015 and that was when Kevin McHale um was the head coach I want to say they lost by 20 
to Boston. And that was it. And it was on a Monday. And Steven Silas was gone. Or not, not Steven Silas. Kevin McHale was gone. Um, and then J.B. Bickerstaff took over and, and you know, did the best he could with that group that just made it to the conference finals. And, like, I, I feel as if a loss, like, the, it doesn't, there doesn't need to be, like, a boom goes the dynamite loss. But then again, all of these losses are becoming so commonplace at this point. It's like a loss when you blow a 20-point lead should be a alarm bells, you know, what's going on, let's wake up. But this has happened to the Rockets so many times now that it feels like we're numb to it at this point. We're numb to it. And the thing is, they are numb to it at this point. They're like, oh, okay, we lost again. Well, um, we're, we'll get them next time, you know. We'll do better next time. But how are we going to get better next time? Now, that is what we're not seeing. And now we're at a point they've lost seven in a row. They've lost nine straight at home. It's been two weeks since their last win. You know, it's just a matter of, it's a matter of like, there's just no other move to make. There's no pivots. There's no, you know, oh, maybe take a baby step. No, they have to make a big decision. And they need to tell Steven Silas that his services are no longer needed in Houston. It's taken me a while to get here. Um, and I don't think that... Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Making this move sooner would have necessarily made anything done, but I just feel like Steven Silas has done all that he can do. There's nothing that he can do to improve this team anymore. We've seen it all. We're here, and it's time to give the reins to someone else in hopes that they can get this group out of the gutter in the NBA. And if it doesn't, then it's time to look at the players and really evaluate those players. But I'm going to read some comments here. If there's anyone that would like to uh, come up and speak, drop their take, feel free to hit that speaker request button. I'm only going to leave that offer up for a couple of minutes here as I read through these comments. Um, Looking here, scrolling up. Let's see, what good has Silas done since he's been here, says Tim. Um, he's a great clapper, says Sean. Um, Tim says, I legit, a legit point guard would definitely give more of an offensive identity. I like KPJ, but the turnovers are too much. I would agree with that. Um, you know, Tim, do you think KPJ at the two or the three would make him better? You know, I, I don't necessarily think that KPJ needs to be like a one or a two or a three or whatever. He just needs someone that can take a bit of the ball handling responsibility off of him. And that someone could be even Jalen Green. Um, but 
I do think that there is uh, someone like I know we've used the Chris Paul Devin Booker um, analogy a couple of times, but I could see that being a thing, and that's something that Harden could provide should he be the the vet that they go out and get in the summer. Um, you know, it could be that, but we'll see. All right, now um, Ty Ty isn't ready, and Shangun is a basket case of a player. I don't know about that. I think with Shangun, I, I think they they have a plan for him, but I, I just feel like he's still going through those those growing pains. And I think there's enough there to where you you can't really count him out yet as someone that uh, won't be you know a, a focal point on this team. I honestly think with better coaching, I think Shangun could really blossom into uh, a top three option on a team. I really do. And I wouldn't even count them out at number one yet because if they ran the if like if they put all their chips in Shengun's basket, would you would you think the Rockets are better than they are um, than they are? And I would think yes, at least a little bit. Maybe not necessarily uh, total one eighty, but I do think the Rockets, if they put all of their eggs in Shengun's basket as opposed to KPJ and Jalen's, that I think we could see a little bit more progress. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sean's giving me more context to his basket case comment. Basket case means he goes from top level player to awful in a span of a single game. You know, that's the thing too, is like, I think a big reason behind these kind of great starts and then, you know, pitiful finishes, you know, the Rockets, they, they, they get a team that they haven't seen in a while or they haven't seen in the season. And they're kind of just going through the motions in the early part of the game. Uh, they, they play in transition. They do all of that. Then once it gets to the point where it's like half court offense, like the Rockets, they, they get stagnant and they don't get those, those turnovers. And then they get sloppy. It leads to turnovers on their part, easy points for the other team. And they, they just aren't able to shake out of that, that rhythm. Um, all right. I'm going to get to Adam here. We'll have just Adam and then we'll call it a night, but Adam, uh, welcome to the dream take. Once again, how are you doing well? How are you doing today? Horrible. We just lost by, and we had a twenty point lead. But other than that, yeah. fantastic. But uh, drop your tape. Uh, well, I wanted to get your temperature on a, a few things. Do you think? Okay. Do you think the Rockets regret giving uh, KPJ, even though it was uh, basically a very team friendly deal, the contract that they did? Do you do you see that there would be another team out there that would have given him sixteen, seventeen million, even for one year next? I don't think they regret that at all because I think that they knew that there was, they, they put a lot of risk. There was a lot of risk in that and they knew it. And if they, if they didn't assume that risk, they would have given him more guarantees on that deal. I do think that there would have been a team that would have said, let's give him, uh, let's give him 15 to 17 million. I really do. Um, now specific examples of teams, um, like maybe a Charlotte, um, I could see Charlotte giving him a good amount of money. Um, I could see the Lakers possibly if they had the space for it. Um, they cleared some space. Maybe they would try to go for a contract like that. I mean, look, Westbrook's, Westbrook's contract comes off the books this summer. So they would have had some money. And I think that Kevin Porter, um, next to LeBron, I think that's something that the, the Lakers might have maybe experimented with. Um, so I really don't think the Rockets regret anything and and nor do i think they necessarily should um maybe the one regret that they 
could have is not making a move on Silas sooner. Um, but that to me, like, I feel like the players, they can't regret making those decisions yet because I really don't think that they can um, evaluate these players properly without seeing how they would play with a different coach. Yeah, they, they haven't made a... They haven't really made any type of commitment to KPJ beyond next year. So yeah, and and I yeah. think that KPJ is different because he like they didn't draft KPJ, um, and like I I never really thought that KPJ was necessarily like the player that they know they're gonna sideline with. Like, because look, KPJ is their focal point at this point, and he's been their their best player, quote unquote best player. Um, but he's been their best player, and look what their team is. So I don't see how you can look at KPJ and think, okay, he's going to be the best player on a championship contender because he's the best player on a team now and they're the worst team in the league. He has been the focal point. You you could argue he's been even a greater focal point for the team than Jalen Green has been. If you you actually looked at tonight, there's kind of a funny instance. I don't know how much you want to – kind of draw from it you know when uh was it uh one of the timberwolves took a take foul it was uh, d'angelo russell took a take foul on mm-hmm. on uh, kevin porter jr they could have picked any rocket to shoot the one free throw um and they get get the possession i think what jalen green 80 percent from the free throw line you know uh, kpj shoot 77 percent. i think i don't know i don't know if it's i mean i have to imagine it's silas that's really empowered kpj to the degree that he has. And maybe that's part of my, I don't want to say dislike, but it's, it's my skepticism of him because I think I really Uh view them as a package deal. And I think, you know, like uh, it's, it's hard for me to kind of distinguish between them. You know, I'll be honest with you. And that's, that, that may be my issue. Yeah. The thing with KPJ is he was the first one to kind of, like, okay, we're going to have this new team. Kevin Porter was, like, the first guy that they got from outside of the team, from outside of the rebuild, basically. Like, because, look, they brought in Christian Wood, but they thought they were going to put Christian Wood with James Harden, and that was going to be, you know, kind of what Luca and Christian Wood are now. Um, But after – so he was, like, the first big acquisition after that Harden trade. And he's like, okay, this is our guy. And they're they're giving him, like, kind of – they're giving – so he was the first one to get the keys. Then they bring in Jalen. Then they bring in Shangun. Then they bring in Jabari. And I feel like they haven't – because he has enough talent to – because he was the most talented player first, right? But they never really gave Jalen the chance to take the reins from KPJ. They never gave Shangun the chance to take the reins from him. And same with Jabari. Um, and the thing is, those guys all probably have higher ceilings than Kevin Porter Jr., and they may not necessarily be the best players now, um, but honestly, you know, maybe they are. And and not focusing their talent, like not focusing their offense on those people, um, ha- is probably why the Rockets are not as good as they could be. However, that could also be part of the Rockets' strategy at this point because the Rockets are waiting until this draft, in particular, with possibly the greatest players out of any of these three draft classes that they've had, Wemby and Scoop. Because look, if you take all of the players from 2021, 2022, 2023, 
Wemby and Scoot are probably your first two picks still. If you if you combine all three of these draft classes, so Absolutely. that could be part of their solution, and or that could be part of their strategy, and that might be why the Rockets have put so much into Kevin Porter, so that they will still be able to net a really high pick, give themselves the best chance at getting to Wemby and Scoot now, and then once you are at that point, then set your hierarchy from there, put Wemby and Scoot in that position to be your number one. Then you get Jalen as your uh, 1B number two. Shangun is a potential two number three even. And I think maybe that could, that's like, I'm trying to rationalize why they've, they've, they haven't made any like moves to try to stop losing. That's the thing is like, obviously you and me fans of the team, you're trying to, you know, stop losing as like as soon as possible. And I feel like at this point that like this is why he's still here. That like that's the only positive spin I can put on it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different um reasons why Silas is still yeah. here. I think uh I think I think uh it looks bad to fire him after his you know you know, the loss in his personal life. I think you're inevitably going to get a lot of criticism from the Jeff Van Gundy types that love to think that every coach is great, you know, and you know, they're going to, there's going to be a lot of blame that inevitably, inevitably will come on stone and for Tita after this. Right. And they, I, I, and for that, that reason and many others, I, I, I think they'll probably just delay it. it. It would have to get really bad. We'd have to get another 15 game losing streak to like, the thing is, we're halfway there, Adam, and and I'm saying that you know I and I, at first like I was kind of echoing. I'm probably the exact same words you just said as to why the Rockets won't fire Silas now. Um, but I feel like things getting really bad because um, I really do think you need to get this group some kind of evaluation before you decide if you're really going to go after James Harden in the summer. And I, I really do think that that is a possibility. But I also don't think that this t- group may even need Harden next year, especially if you have Scoot Henderson, but that's a totally different story. But I think you need to you need to make the decision based on something different than what you've already seen. Because based on what we've seen, they definitely need Harden. They definitely do. But I feel like changing the coach gives you an opportunity to explore a different avenue. And that, and, and you want to give that sample size as much, Absolutely, as yeah. many games as you possibly can. Um, and I get, look, it's, we're halfway into the season. This it was today game 41. Today might've been the 41st game. So the official halfway point in the season. I think so. Yeah. And, and you, you know, kind of uh, addressing yeah, 10 and some 30. Of the other- so, so, so the next would be, exactly game number 41 so it'd be halfway there but i i think and just to kind of put a bow on this um i think when it comes to silas and and wanting to do right by him and not wanting to gain that criticism um you know it's like at, at one point yes you want to do right by silas but you also want to do right by the organization and doing right by the organization might mean to make a difficult decision like this and Look, if you fire Steven Silas a month or so after lo- after his loss, 
or three months after his loss or six months after his loss, it's still going to look slimy. You're, you're firing the nicest guy in the NBA. It's really hard. It, and I'm sure that's probably part of the reason why they haven't done it yet. Because he is, he, he is I, nice I, and he does have this, he's a, he seems like a really great guy and he's really, you know, trying to build a, a positive culture. The only problem about the positive culture that Steven Silas is building is it's not a winning culture. And at the end of the day, you can be positive, you can be nice, but being positive and nice doesn't always guarantee that you're going to win a championship. I would hope, though, that you know, there's so much that we don't have uh, an insight into, transparency into. That I would hope that they have a better assessment of the talent level, of the potential, of the ceilings of a lot of these players that we just don't know um, if they're doing their jobs. If even Stone is doing his job and their scouting scouting department, there is a silver lining to possibly not making the change in and that is basically a cloud of just like confusion around the Rockets, right? Because right now there's a lot of people around the league, other teams, other people that are doing the other assessors that really think Shingun is, is really great, you know, and he's been held down by the Rockets. There are a lot of people that, that were like, you know, for those that are criticizing Jalen Green, it's pretty amazing that he's done so much in such a dysfunctional, you know, dysfunctional culture, you know, like there are still some people that are, are positive on Jabari Smith and just feel like if he went to uh like if he played on the Miami heat, you know, he'd be a much better player. Like they're just, they just have such a bad view of the Rockets that it really inflates, possibly inflates some of the value of these guys. And I mean, that's, you know, if I'm trying to put a silver lining or kind of a possibility of keeping Silas to the end of the year, that's kind of what I would say. And, and also, but it, there is bad to it as well. Obviously, like what Christopher can't get off the bench, you know, like we don't even know who he is anymore. Like whatever that relationship or whatever the backstory of what's happened there, like, you know, there are certain players that we would just will not have a good, great sense of without getting rid of Silas. But it may also, you know, inflate the value of some of these players such that, I don't know if you'd make a big deal, you know, if it would have to be a generational player and you have to be ready, but like, uh, you know, the thing is, if you're going to make, if you're going to trade any of these guys for a generational player, you can't because I, I feel like you can't at that point, because you don't know if you're the one with the generational player. And I do think that the jury is still out on Jabari, Shengun, Jalen, for all the reasons you just mentioned. Um, and I think that's why you got to keep, you got to keep these guys and you got to give them, you got to give true evaluation. And that's hopefully what we'll see in the second half of the season. But Adam, uh, going to sign off here, but thank you so much again for coming up. All right. We will be back on Wednesday, uh, late night edition of the, of, of another episode of the dream take. We'll be doing a couple of those as the Rockets are on the West coast four game road trip coming up this week. Wednesday and Friday at Sacramento, followed by a Saturday. I think the Saturday game is a matinee, though. No, no late night on the Saturday, or is it Sunday? Oh, okay, it's excuse me. I think I said earlier in the show it was it was Sunday and Monday with with different times, but Sunday it is going to be um, a 
3 p.m. Eastern start. So that's a 2 p.m. Central start on Sunday, followed by a Monday night game. That will be at 9.30 p.m. Central time. So that will be another repetition of uh, Dream Take After Dark. But I think this is a splendid place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dreamshake SBN. You can also head over to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there and head over to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. If you'd like to follow my personal Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets.